0: Hello, my name is Janice B. Gordon, and this is Scale Your Sales Podcast. Welcome to Scale Your Sales Podcast, listed number nine of 43 best podcasts for every sales professional. I am Janice B. Gordon, the customer growth expert recommended by LinkedIn sales as one of 15 innovating influencers to follow. In this episode of Scale Yourself podcast I speak to a recent co-author about the inspiration behind their their the book Listen to Sell. Really inspirational um, story uh, that he tells of his uh, personal life that you're going to have to listen to the whole podcast at the end to find out what that is. But We also talked about the dynamic between mindset and skill set and also coaching and coachability. So there's a lot in here you're going to absolutely love. My next guest has built, trained, and coached sales teams and sales leaders for nearly 30 years. An executive partner with Integrity Solutions since 1999, he is co-author of the new book, Listen to Sell, How Your Mindset, Skill Set, and Human Connections Unlock Sales Performance. Welcome to Scale Your Sales podcast, Derek Roberts.
1: Janice, great to be with you. Thank you so, so very much for having me. I'm tremendously excited to be with you. Uh, it's it's a great time. Looking forward to the conversation.
0: Well, let's start off with with the book. I think it's um, hit number one. It's launched yesterday, did you say?
1: Yeah, in the U.S. it went live February 6th. Uh, very excited about that. We showed up as a number one new release on Amazon so lots of traffic uh just a delight for us to be able to get it out to the world finally you you know how it is putting a book together and 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 launching it it's it's an incredible effort so
0: yeah yeah so the book is and you'll see in in the background uh, there is uh listen to sell how your mindset skill set and human connections unlock Cell's performance so what was the inspiration behind this then
1: well thanks for asking Janice I, for us uh, you know we we know that the landscape is changing right And sales is always changing right through all history there's all kinds of new opportunities, new challenges, new technologies and and there's a lot of momentum and movement, especially right now around digital and you know commoditization and things like that and And we believe that you know somebody needed to speak to the salesperson. We really believe in salespeople, right? And so this was kind of our double down on the human side of selling and to speak not just to the producer, but to the coach as well and say, look, you're relevant. In fact, you may be more relevant now than ever before because because of all the information that's out there, because of all the technologies. You know, that connection that you have with people makes a difference. But it goes beyond that because it's not just, hey, you're, we're, we're in your corner, but it's how do you do it effectively and and how do you do it uh, in a way that enables you to be successful and successful with your clients? So we, we deal a lot with the mindset around selling and not just the skill set. We do both, but, mm. but we think a lot of it has to do with the human being. And so that's this is our chance to sort of put that together and offer it to the world in this way.
0: Well, I, I think it's interesting because it, like the zero, three critical and distinct conversations you've said in 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 your book one is with the customer which we all know about we focus on one is between there you know with ourselves which can actually be the one that ruins everything and then this is your interesting perspective the one with your coach which is quite a new angle so why was it really important to put that in
1: yeah. So you're right. We we talk about, you know, what are you listening to? The name of the book is Listen to Sell. Are you, are you listening? What are the voices happening here? What are the voices? What's the conversation happening to your customer? But so often, you know, w- 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 salespeople are almost like an island out there. They're doing the work. They're often in solo environments. They might have a sales manager that comes in and talks to them a little bit or or looks at their numbers. Well, we believe that, you know, there's a real significant role for the sales coach. It's somebody that can look at your swing and say, hey, you know, adjust a little bit here. Make, but, but you need to be open to that. And the question is, are you listening to those voices? Are you actively seeking that kind of input? Because that really requires a level of emotional intelligence. Uh, you, you, you can get information all day long, but does it process And if you're not willing to listen to that, then it's really not of any, you know, that information is not of any value and you're not going to change because you're not open to it. So I think the coaching piece for us was a really significant part of adding this into the book. Um, And in fact, when we wrote the book, we devoted a whole third of the book specifically to that coaching role, right? Listening to your coach. And so it's useful for coaches, but it's also useful to the reader to go, hey, here's a coaching conversation in the book. Maybe it applies to me. And in fact, we broke it down. Every chapter has these little mini coaching corners. So every concept gets coached in real time. And that's what we wanted to make it really useful to the to folks.
0: And I think it's really interesting because often sales managers don't know how to coach. They coach yeah. the deal, but not the person, but actually right. it's the person that creates the deal because we haven't You know, many managers haven't had any training around this. They've had training on the numbers, you know, but not on the people. This is not really their their forte. So I think this is a really valuable book actually to help the sales manager and to the kind of coaching they really need to be doing to be effective.
1: Yeah. You, You know, Janice, we actually put I think I think there are over 200 coaching questions peppered all through the book. And so it's not like they have to come up with it on their own. It's just right there and accessible. Pick the ones that are relevant to your team and, yeah. and then dive into those. Because I think you're right. It's hard for folks to come up with that sometimes on their own.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's another aspect. We um, I work with a, a database that's been going for over 30 years, uh, collecting data on, on uh cells but collecting sales-specific um, data. So the assessments have been of, you know, sales leaders, sales managers down to um, customer, um, customer service agents that are in sales as well. Mm-hmm. And one of the um, aspects that's come out is that there are quite a few people that are not coachable. Coachability mm-hmm. is so critical in sales and you mentioned you know coaching but you know what happens if you you're with someone that isn't really coachable they're not open to be be coached what happens then
1: well um not everyone is suited to be in the sales role i mean they, i think there's some truth to that right because uh it's a tough space to be and you have to have the right attitudes and you have to be you know uh, open to growth and change if you're not coachable uh is my my dad has a saying: Everyone deserves to be successful. Some deserve to be successful somewhere else. So <laughs> <laughs> that that may be true, but yeah. I think you know figuring out you know, how how do people receive that? Part of it is uh, you know the distinction between coachable, or are they or are we are we coaching them in the right way? Each of us communicates in a different way. We actually spend a good bit of time in the book talking about individual behavior styles, right? How do, you, how do you hear information? How do you process information? And, and so being able to read and understand how am I interacting with this person and am I doing it in the most effective way? You know, in a sales environment, the question is, you know, am I selling to someone the way they want to be sold? Similarly in coaching, am I coaching someone in the way that's most effective to coach them? And that requires a little bit of work, on a, a leader's you know perspective to figure out what do I know about my people and how can I be the most effective with them, and there are in fact probably some people that are just closed off to coaching, but mm-hmm. that's but that's what I would address first: is do do I coach the person in the right way, and if then they're not open to it, then maybe they do belong in a different kind of role.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, this database it's gone through over two point five million um, cells people in roles and so it actually has told us that a good 70 77 percent of sales people should not be in sales a high you need to think about there's a lot of people yeah. that have fallen into sales that could didn't do anything else and they're in sales and they're stuck with it and they get used to the money and they're you know hanging on for for dear life but the actual the um, what is required to be good in sales has has continued to to evolve but yet, the the quota attainment is still around fifty percent. Only fifty mm, percent of right. people actually achieve quota, and that's been the case for the last thirty years. So that's been remained quite flat, and that's why you know the percentage of 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 people in sales is that shouldn't be in sales is, is relatively high. It is yeah.
1: relatively high. Yeah. yeah, and it's unfortunate for companies because it's costly to them, right? I mean, how much How much energy and resource gets applied? To you know, not having the right fit, and if you could move the needle even just a little bit, both in productivity but and in savings, you know, how does that impact a company's bottom line?
0: Yeah, enormously. So, yeah. so you you're, you co-authored the book with with Mike Easterday. So tell me about that. That relationship in in writing a book it's difficult enough writing a book but having a co-writer as well is it a help it's a hindrance how do you come like come together how does that work
1: I would I would call it a fabulous relationship I, Mike I have the utmost respect for he is a brilliant man and uh, quite successful and and we've we've had a working relationship for twenty plus years mm-hmm. uh, with the the Integrity Solutions business we're co-owners co-owners in that business and have just I think the greatest thing about it is we have a very sort of shared ethic. Uh, We very much value people and, and what we can do uh, Mm -hmm. not just to make them successful, but to make their customers successful. I mean, we, we, Mike, Mike is, uh, uh, I think what's interesting is as we went through the editing process and writing process we would almost complete each other's thoughts, and I think that's not always true for authors. Uh, a lot of times you 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 sort of compete, but uh, it's a very shared and and part of that is because we're drawing on 50 years of experience uh, with a lot of these concepts through our customers and the integrity solutions history. You know we have so many customers across the you know across the globe we've aggregated that, and so we're operating out of some shared experiences. And and that's made it a lot easier for us to work together.
0: So what would you say in terms of the mindset versus skill set? What is the percentage that makes a really good salesperson? You know, is it 50-50 or is one thing outweighing the other in today's environment?
1: Janice, that's that's not a fair question. Oh, that, I know. That's like asking you to choose between two children, right? <laughs> you can't you favor one. Choose. Other. They are, both, they are both important. And whether it's 50-50 or whatnot, you certainly have to have the skill set of selling. There is a professional discipline to selling. There's a communication process. There is a way to engage. There is all of the energy and effort that is required to prepare to follow up, right? That is the discipline and process of selling skill set. If you don't have that, uh, you're still going to struggle. You, you will never be as successful as you could be, both for yourself, but also for your customers. You are cheating your customers if you're not doing the work of selling. And so we value that. But there is an equal part over here that that happens inside the salesperson. Uh, we say selling happens between the years before it happens between people, right? What goes on in your head uh, absolutely infl- influences. Your productivity. Uh, and we break it down in a couple of areas. What, what do you believe selling? You know, how do you the value of selling or what's your view of selling? Do I believe that it is a and we use the language noble profession. Do you believe it's a noble profession? And, and that has a huge impact on on whether or not you lean into it or whether you just show up and do the job. Right. Do you have what's your own value set? What do you think your abilities are and capabilities are? Do you believe in the products and services you represent? Do you think that you're a significant part of the equation? Or do you do the activities? So what happens internally drives an enormous amount of effectiveness. And so is it more? Is it less? I, I think they both are necessary. And and if you're lacking in either one, you've got work to do. And and I think probably all of us have work to do because at any given time, my skill set may fall behind because the landscape changes around me. Technology changes. I have to keep up. Uh, I may have, as all of us in sales do, right, uh, a couple of stumbles, right? We get some rejections. Does my mindset, does my emotional intelligence allow me to recalibrate and go, you know what? I still bring something valuable in the marketplace, and I need to get out there and do that so it is a it is a dynamic balance between those two
0: so some people might say that skill set is something you can teach you can learn it, but actually there's many aspects of mindset that are intrinsic that one you can 't measure for it in terms of like the normal interview um um process, and you, you can't teach them it as well so there may be an argument that actually that's that's not first or second or but actually you've got to have certain aspects in place to actually give you the ability to take on what you you learn in order to be a great salesperson. But if you don't have those intrinsic um, essential areas or competencies already in place, doesn't matter how many skills you learn, you're still not going to be a top salesperson. So, what's your, your thoughts?
1: So, I'm, and, and, and I know there's some disagreement in the world about this, but, you know, I, I'm a believer sort of in, in the ability to adapt. Um, and, you know, you're familiar with Dr. Travis Bradbury and his work on emotional intelligence. He's recently released a book called Emotional Intelligence Habits. Uh, the ability to shape the way that we respond and adapt to things, our beliefs, our abilities to stretch stretch and understand are there are those things you know locked uh you know the the idea that uh we have some kind of elasticity in our ability to interpret the world and to respond to the world so um i'm probably more a believer in that those things can be shaped but i also believe that uh some of those things are or what it, what is my what is my motivation attached to uh, can I connect some of those uh, some of those driving factors that influence so the emotional side or that internal side? Can I connect those in a way that then allows me to use my skill set effectively? And so it, it would I would I just categorically disqualify some people? I'm not sure that I would go that far at this stage. I think there's a room for the the coaching component there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm at
1: least willing to try. How about that?
0: Oh, you're very generous, you know, Derek. You? You're <laughs> <laughs> probably more so than me, I'm afraid.
1: <laughs> uh, well, I, I think about my own growth along the journey, right? Mm-hmm. And, and certainly, there are some intrinsic uh, qualities that that I know that I've. If I go and look all the way back to to uh, you know, childhood, um, I, I'm entrepreneurial in nature. I found things that I was. Uh, a problem solver, right? I navigate around. I, those are qualities I think that, that 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 serve me well in sales. But but there are other things that I've I've added to that and discovered about myself as I've been in sales. And so, you know, can can that grow and develop? I think it can. Um, but you and I could have a much longer discussion about that, and I would I would relish more uh, more of your insight. Maybe you can sway me. <laughs>
0: Well, this is not about me. This is all about you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, um, Jenny. yeah, I think it'll be interesting to have a a conversation around this. But I do want to kind of uh, move on to another subject in terms of working with sales organisations and Mm. developing buyer and customer centricity. What would you say are the kind of risk factors or elements that, that we need to take on board?
1: Uh, I, you know, I think in any situation, uh, look, looking at the customer centricity, you know, do organizations really understand uh their customers and needs and markets that they're serving? You know, we get enamored with the things that we know. We get enamored with the things that we create. And there are often you know, both in general organizationally, but certainly as salespeople, uh, we run the risk of locking in on the things that that we know and we understand and we feel are great. And we can miss how we translate those effectively to our customers. I think the other piece of that is that so often uh, in the selling world, we sell to the sales event. Right, We will concentrate on that person is our customer. That buyer is our customer. And, and we miss what goes on beyond that. Um, we do a lot of B2B selling, business, business selling. And, um, and I challenge our customers all the time, not just to look to their customer, to that transaction, but to actually look through their customer. The, the idea is, how can I be relevant to my customer so they can be relevant to their customer. And if you're not relevant in that chain of value, if you don't understand what your presence in that relationship does that enables them to provide value to their customer, you're missing it. You're you're short-sighted in the equation. And so you have to know a second tier down often, where is this in the value chain for their customer and how can I be particularly relevant to that? And, and that, that changes the discussion that changes the nature of the engagement. I think it makes salespeople and organizations much smarter and much more valuable.
0: I think that's a great point in that as um, salespeople, what we need to be focused on is not just the customer, but the customer's customer. Because a lot of things that changes the customer environment starts with the customer-customer. So if we can kind of leapfrog and tap into what is driving that behavior, then we can actually feed that back to our our customers or even use that as the um, uh, the their return on in, in investment. If you you do this, then this is how we can demonstrate it's going to help you to sell more of your product to your customer. So yeah, I think it's it's a, it's a really good point and never losing sight of not the customer but the customer's customer and what's driving their behaviours and using that as part of your armory as as well, not just focusing on the immediate sale. Yeah. Yeah, it's all about kind of building that that value chain and the relationship and um, in the value chain and where the real value is. And it's the end customer, the user, isn't it?
1: It is, it is. And it can be for anything that we sell, right? It's not just something that directly passes through to their customer, but yeah. how do you fit their entire value equation? Because that is what your customer is thinking about. yeah. And And they exist because they serve their customers. And if we can't figure out where we belong in that, we may not exist in that relationship for very long.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So what one tried and tested strategy would you offer listeners on how to scale their sales?
1: Uh, You know, I I would, I would say two things, uh, Janice. One is practice discipline. Uh, I think is, you know, I've been in sales for 30 plus years of my own life and gosh, almost more than that now. Um, And the, the thing that I think tremendously impacts that is continuing to do the fundamentals, the basics, right? Do your pre-call plan. Take time. Give yourself the ability to be on point and present with your customer. Um, Ron Willingham, who is the the genesis of much of these concepts for integrity solutions that we use, Ron uh, shared with me once, he said, Derek, be careful you don't fall into the trap that it works so well you quit doing it. And, and it kind of catches you off guard. You go, okay, when I was hungry, young and hungry, what did I do? Well, why are those not the things that I do as I become more competent? I have to stay disciplined, focused. So I think that's, I think that's uh, uh, one piece of it. Uh, I think the other piece of it is to give yourself the opportunity to reflect on the, the, what well, we said, the mental side, right? The mindset of selling. I I, on a weekly basis, have... Uh, what we call our congruence model, these five areas that influence what I, what I believe about myself and the role. Uh, what do I view selling as? What do I think my values are? And and I assess myself on a weekly basis, kind of grade myself. How did I do? What did my sales activity reflect? And And how do I recenter myself to make sure that I show up in the best possible mindset with energy and focus for my customer doing the right thing and then I apply complementary discipline to it. I think those are the two things that if if you will do those, it, it will have tremendous impact. It's it's not particularly complicated,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: it's, you know, common sense is not always common practice. Yeah. And and we can fall into those traps real easily.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's often the, the simplest things that have the biggest impact. And we, they're so simple, we forget to do them or we don't do them consistently. And that's, as you say, focus on the on the foundation. So love that, Derek. OK, so who is your hero or shero, Derek?
1: <laughs> well, that's an easy one for me, Janice, um, uh, is probably the most amazing person I know. And uh, she is, without a doubt, my hero. We have uh, we have 10 children. And those 10 children, uh, uh, some of them are adopted. Uh, six of them are actually adopted. Um, and in those kids, a lot of our kids have uh, medical special needs. Uh, my wife is amazing. Uh, she is the one that keeps us rolling, keeps us going. Uh, when you talk about courage, uh, she's the one that I've I look to for inspiration. So
0: Amazing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm going to interview her next time. <laughs> There's a lot <laughs> we can learn from your, your wife, how she kind of keeps it rolling keeps everyone together and everything like that and still remain positive. Fantastic. And also, you know, the, your, your children as, as, as well, you know, with, with various medical issues so that they keep going and smiling. So that's certainly um, inspiration. Derek seems to have have frozen. So I'm just going to close out by saying thank you for being a guest on Scale Your Sales Podcast. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Scale Your Sales Podcast. If you like this discussion, feel free to listen to other episodes or watch the caption show on YouTube and subscribe to future episodes. I would really appreciate it if you would leave a positive review on iTunes. Thank you.